the teaching ministry of Judah Olorimaye, a man called of God to compel consecration, provoke repentance, and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of God's word and the miraculous demonstration of God's power. God's word is about to hit you as life and strength. Get ready for an encounter with grace. I did about the dealings of God in my heart about the subject matter we are going to explore in the month of March. It's a very salient matter and I'm very certain that it will do you good. First Corinthians chapter 2. We will start the reading from verse 10 and we will enter into the third chapter. That's First Corinthians chapter 3 and stop the reading at verse 4. First Corinthians 2 and verse 10. But God had revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man received not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For what known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? For we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto canal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk, and not with meat. For hither though you were not able to bear it, and neither yet now are ye able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? And walk as men? For while one said, I am of Paul, and another I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? So this will be our text, our scripture reading for the entire month of March. By God's grace, five Wednesdays of solid teachings in the direction of the general topic the spiritual man everybody said the spiritual man that's the general topic for the month of March teaching series will be titled the spiritual man what I would however teach on today is this titled defining spirituality defining it we want to understand the concept what does it mean to be spiritual <laughs> Um, what exactly does the Bible describe as the spiritual man? That's what we want to talk about for about one hour as God will give us all trance tonight. Let's pray. Father, once again we approach your word with every reverence, knowing that in your word is life. We come to your table to feed. And thank you because the supplies of your spirits are abundant to us in the name of Jesus. We will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we have prayed. 
One of the worrisome issues, the things that trouble me, a thing that gives me great concern in the body of Christ that I've observed over the years and in recent times, is the scarcity of authentic spirituality. As far as I'm concerned, in my humble opinion, there is a scarcity of authentic Christianity. I mean, I was teaching some weeks ago, and I spoke about relationship um, and Bible pills. And I said that the first thing is that we must give ourselves to accurate spirituality. Because although there seems to be, or there seems to be much spirituality, it is not often authentic, it is not often accurate. Many people can do lots of things in the name of being spiritual. But by the time you examine it, you will see that those things are not accurate or authentic spirituality. Many people can say lots of things and call it a spiritual thing. (laughs) But by the time you check it out from the pages of scriptures, you discover, nah, this... Those things do not convey authentic Christianity or authentic spirituality. So, in modern times, we seem to be getting used to the fact that there is a scarcity of authentic spirituality. And it's one of the reasons God has encouraged and inspired me to teach in this direction of the spiritual man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, the... Conversation begins with Apostle Paul saying, concerning, if you read the King James, it says, concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. Brethren, concerning spiritual gifts, I will not have you ignorant. But the word spiritual gift there, in the um, original rendition, is just spirituals. That is, concerning issues of spirituality, Concerning conversations of spirituality, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to be ignorant. The word gift is italized. That simply means it was put in there just to make the reading more sensible. But what Paul was talking about there was not just limited to spiritual gifts. He was talking about the general concept of spirituality. But listen to me, I have observed that in many church gatherings, many church meetings, Amongst many Christians, both old and new, you notice there is a gross ignorance about spiritual issues, about spiritual things, about spiritual matters. And there seems to be a scarcity of authentic and accurate and genuine spirituality. If you ask a Christian today to probably give you a brief conversation, a solid conversation about sports, about recreation, about entertainment, about money, they will have something to say. I mean, something very reasonable, something very accurate. If you ask them to give you a brief summary or conversation about spirituality, they may not be in the mood to talk. Suddenly they go quiet, they go silent. It seems as though that subject matter is becoming very unpopular even among professing Christians. People who claim to be born again, they can have conversations about every other thing, materiality, physicality, with any other thing that is not necessarily spiritual. But by the time you begin to talk about spiritual things, they seem uninterested, they seem to be short of words. And so there is a scarcity of genuine spirituality. These people I'm talking about, they go to church, they probably pray, they probably read their Bible, they do their devotions, they give offerings and tithes. 
But when we begin to talk in certain directions and the emphasis is on spirituality, we notice they have very little to say. Very few Christians can really, I mean, talk publicly and defend their faith, defend the gospel, defend the concept of Christianity, defend the fact that they are spiritual people. If many Christians don't want to be associated or described as somebody who is spiritual, it seems to be more of an insult than a compliment. These days people say things like, let's not be too spiritual. The whole idea of spirituality has become unpopular. You don't want to be called a spiritual person. You want to be called a progressive. You want to be called a liberal. You want to be called several other descriptions except that spiritual description. So the point is this. We have to get back to this and get back to original patterns. We cannot claim to be Christians. We cannot claim to be people of God and not have a great interest in spiritual conversation. Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, concerning spirituals, I will not have you ignorant. Now, he told them he would not have them ignorant because obviously they were ignorant. Huh? Yes, they were ignorant. The Bible says that they were given to much speaking of tongues. The Bible said that they were so disorderly in their expressions of tongues. The Bible describes them as carnal, as being divisive and heretic. Although they took of the Lord's table, they ate the bread and drank from the cup. But when he was going to talk to them, he said, you guys are ignorant about spiritual things. In other words, coming to church does not mean you're a spiritual person. <laughs> Eating the Holy Communion does not mean you're a spiritual person. <laughs> Speaking in tongues does not even mean you're a spiritual person. <laughs> Interesting. The Corinthian church were given so much, I mean, charismatic expressions. Yet Paul says, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are ignorant when it comes to matters of spirituality. And I want to educate you. I want to teach you. Because it's not going to be good for you to be people of God, to be Christians, yet to be described as carnal, as unspiritual. Are we still together? So, what we are trying to establish here is the case for this discussion. We are saying that there are too many pastors who are known for several things except spiritual things. Somebody is a pastor. Mention five things about the person. You will see that the first five things that I mentioned are not even spiritual things. Material things, mundane things, physical things. How come the person is a pastor? How can somebody be a pastor and is not reputed, is not known for spiritual matters? I mean, the first thing you should talk about when you describe a pastor is something spiritual that he brings to the table. But these days, I'm telling you, many people would describe the pastor, first of all, talking about how well he dresses, the eloquence of his speech, some other natural, physical things that he does. The whole concept of being branded a spiritual person is becoming very unpopular. And our generation must begin to fight and restore the normalcy. Many church conferences hold with very little scarce spiritual conversation, very scarce spiritual experiences, very little spiritual encounters. Somebody could have been in church for 10-15 years and has never really experienced what it means to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. Never. And so much happens. They do first service, second service, third service, fourth service, fifth service, and the person comes in all services. But you cannot really point to any spiritual thing that is experiencing. They do singing, they do prayer, they do teaching, they do several other things. But all of those spiritual gymnastics, as it were, does not translate to authentic spirituality. 
So it's a very pressing matter that we have to address. As people of God, we cannot avoid the subject matter of spirituality. Paul says, I will not have you ignorant concerning spirituals. In John chapter 6, the conversation from verse 63, Jesus says the spirit gives life, the flesh profits nothing. That statement was made because certain people were pursuing bread and fish instead of pursuing the word of life. They were looking for mundane things for their stomach and for their belly instead of prioritizing on what is more important, which is spiritual matters. The same way people come to church today, and many of the people that come to church, many of the people that go to mountains to pray, you notice that what they are really looking for is bread and fish. They are not looking for the word of life. They are looking for not something spiritual, but something physical. Most of the prayer things, prayer moments and prayer mountains that are set up are to satisfy physical cravings. Very few people pursue God for spiritual things. How many times do you see a prayer point in many prayer mountains and the prayer point is talking about spiritual understanding? When last did you visit a prophet just because you want spiritual understanding? When last did you do a video just because you want spiritual understanding? When last did you gather your friends to pray together just because you want spiritual understanding? But several people are looking for many things even in church, looking for many things even in God, that can be described as bread and fish. The multitude gathered on that day, John chapter 6, Jesus looked at them and said, I know why you came. You came for bread and fish. You came to Jesus, that's true. He says, labor not for the meat that perishes. Labor for eternal life, which the Father will give unto whoever believes in the Son. Many people are not pursuing and chasing the right thing, at least in the proper um, priority proportions. People are just chasing after so much physicality and very little spirituality. Many people make decisions even on the church they will attend, not according to the spiritual matter, but according to various physical matters. How fine is the church? Is there a space we can take a picture after the service? The people that are there, how do they dress? Are they looking very fresh and hot? Is the environment air-conditioned? Are the chairs cushioned or plastic? Is it close to my house or far from my hostel? Many people make open church decisions on mat- with, with, or based on matters that are physical and material. And you ask yourself, where exactly are we heading to? We are supposed to be a people of God. We are supposed to be spiritual people. But for several people, they are actually, like Paul described the Corinthian church, canal. So the essence of this conversation is to restore our appetite for spirituals and to also eventually make us spiritual people. Everybody said the spiritual man. Let me answer a question here very quickly. Why should we emphasize spirituality? Why should subjects around spirituals be a big deal? Why should I pay attention to spiritual conversations? Why are we discussing the spiritual man for the next one month, the next five weeks? Is it really that important? The first reason that I want to give here is that the spiritual world is actually 
far greater and bigger than the physical world. The spiritual world is far greater and bigger than the physical world. You see, in your journey on the earth, you will notice there is an emphasis on physical things, things that relate to matter and time and space. Things that can be touched, that can be felt, that can be handled. Things that are tangible and visible and audible. That's the emphasis. It's all about what can you see. It's all about how do you appear. It's all about how do you look. And you might be deceived to think that that is all to life. Meanwhile, there are invincible realities that are infinitely bigger and greater than every physical reality that you can see, you can touch, you can taste, you can handle. You may look around you right now and think that there are about 40, 50, 60 people in this auditorium. For you, you may think that's all that exists on this plane. You may feel those are the only realities that are present at this time. But if your eyes open in the realm of the spirit for just two seconds, it will shock you. And one man was praying, God open my eyes, God open my eyes, God open my eyes. God, I want to begin to see visions, I want to see. And that's not a bad prayer point. But you have to know how to pray it intelligently. So God answered his prayers. But the day God answered his prayer, it was market day. Everybody say market day. So he was in the market. And suddenly his eyes were open. Boom! And he saw... The woman that was selling eco palm oil, alas, it was blood. And 14 demons were seated on a particular man, whispering to him. He became so scared. He said, God, please remove this thing. I don't want again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that all you see is all that is. No. <laughs> no. There is a bigger, greater world, greater reality that exists beyond what you see with your physical eyes. It's far bigger. I mean, even in this realm of materiality, um, geographers will tell you that <laughs> the earth is 30% earthly, as it were, 70% water. We don't even see what is in the waters. The world in the ocean is so massive, we have not explored it yet. And yet we can't see it because we are not fishes. You'll be thinking, Lagos is big. Abuja is big. Africa is big. When you enter the underworld, the water world, hey, it's a massive plane. Don't think that all that you see is all that is. There is much more that exists. You may not see it. You may not touch it. You may not even feel it. But there's a bigger world. And that world may be immaterial in the sense that you cannot touch it. But it does not mean it does not exist. A prophet was about to be arrested. And then his servant was afraid, very scared. So he said, God, open the eyes of this servant. Let him see what exists. And then when the servant's eye was opened, he saw that there was a great company of angelic hosts. Wow. Great company. So much so that his fear disappeared. One minute he was scared to death. The next minute he was so calm. He began to ask his master, what are we now going to do to these people? Because he saw that there was something that existed beyond his physical senses. The spiritual world is far greater, far bigger 
than the physical world. The physical world is too small. Oh yes. I don't know if you have examined what geographers and um, astrologers or astro... What's that word again now? What? Astro what? Ah, I can't hear you. <laughs> astrologers is, I think, those that do, that read palms, that read stars and all of those things. Those are not, the people that um, examine the universe... Astronomers, okay, not astrologers. I think the astrologers are those ones that um, do all those um, fetish things, as it were. But they've tried to describe how big the sun is, how big the universe, the many planets in just one galaxy. Are we together? I think ours is called the Milky Way galaxy. Is that not so? And it looks like a very massive plane. Like, wow. If you see the picture of the sun and compare it to that of the earth, wow! God the creator. But I'm telling you, beyond those physical realities, there is a greater, bigger spiritual world. So massive. So, so massive. That's why, as Christians, we must learn to have conversations around spiritual matters around spirituality. If the spiritual world is bigger than the physical world, then we should have more spiritual conversations than physical conversations. Oh yes. Because if it is bigger, then it should be more emphasized. Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? For you to live something as massive as a python. In his own right, a python is massive. And be talking about a little ant. That's not a smart thing to do. The python is massive. It can do more things. It can cause more danger. But you now leave the python, or let's use a lion, and you are talking about a little ant. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not a smart thing to do. The spiritual world is bigger. And so, it should form a chunk, a larger part of our conversation, of our talk, of our preaching, of our singing. And that's why we are having this conversation around the spiritual man. The second reason why we should emphasize spirituals is because the spiritual world controls the physical world. The spiritual world, in a sense, controls largely the physical world. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, we are told that the world was framed by the word of God so that we understand that the things which are visible were made from the things which are invincible. Are we still together? So, in Hebrews 11 3, it teaches us that everything you see here in physical reality came forth because there was a spiritual force that made it happen. You remember the story of Genesis chapter 1, how God created the heavens and the earth. And we noticed that God began to say, let there be. Everything you see in the universe was a product of let there be. As massive as the universe is, it came alive because God said, let there be. (laughs) Even when man was created, 
and man was supposed to exist on the earth, he did not really become a living soul until God breathed into his nostrils, which speaks about the spiritual element that makes man alive. God breathed. The word breath and the word spirit actually are from the same Hebrew and Greek words. So what I'm trying to say tonight is this. The spiritual controls the physical. How do we have several animals on the planet Earth today? Because God created them. And who is God? God is the Spirit. How do we have seven billion people on the planet Earth today? Because at one point in history, God created the first man. And told man to replenish and fill and fill the earth. And gave man a dominion mandate. But all of that first of all happened in the realm of the spirit. It was first of all a spiritual work. Before you now saw physical proofs. Are we still together? The spiritual controls the physical. If you read several of the miracles. Particularly in the Old Testament. It would affirm this reality. That the spiritual world controls the physical. How do you describe the fact that the rod of Moses was stretched towards the Red Sea and it passed into two. The spiritual controls the physical. How do you describe the fact that one day Israel was fighting and they were not exactly winning the war the way they should win it and Moses lifted up his hands and as long as Moses' hands were lifted they won the battle. The spiritual controls the physical. mind-blowing physical thing you see in today's world can be traced in a way in a sense to a spiritual force a spiritual activity a spiritual motion don't allow science and technology distract you from spirituality don't allow innovations and human creativity to distract you from spirituality the spiritual controls the physical are we still together? That's why we are having this conversation. Because everything you see in the physical can somehow be traced to the spiritual. Another reason why spiritual conversation should be emphasized is because the spiritual world is more permanent, let me use that word, more permanent than the physical world. The spiritual world is more permanent than the physical world. You might look around you and look at some, or observe some ancient buildings. You might observe some ancient monuments. You might observe that there are things that have been on this side of eternity for several years. One touches, I think last year, in the palace of Sharon died. I think the Hypnotis was about over a hundred years or so. Is that so? Quite a very aged Tortoise. But he died. I mean, no, so. There are certain animals that have existed for hundreds of years. Quite ancient, quite old. But listen to me, the spiritual world is more permanent than the physical world. Everything you see in this plane, on this side of eternity, anything you see that is physical is temporal. 
It's temporal. The part of you that lives forever is not physical. I can't see it. I can't touch it. But that's the part that is permanent. This one that you are carrying your skin, God don't give you fresh skin. Fresh skin, fresh skin, where you want show. No wala. But uh, it's still temporal. Have you seen your grandma's pictures? It's still temporal. There is nothing in the world <laughs> that is permanent. Nothing. <laughs> Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Everything you see in the physical world is temporal. You see, even so-called spiritual things, as long as they exist on this earth, it's temporal. For instance, this building you are seeing, we can call it the house of God, the temple of the Holy Ghost. But guess what? It's temporal. It's temporal. So one day, Jesus was in a particular place, and then disciples were trying to talk about how well built the religious monuments and religious centers were. What's the biggest church in Nigeria now? Huh? Do you know what I mean? 100 sita, 100,000 sita, is that not so? I think so. I'm not sure what other ones. Church, not gathering. I think that's the biggest church. As massive as that place is, it is temporal. It's very temporal. It's so temporal that on the day the Antichrist comes, it can be converted to a shrine. Polynesia <laughs> will be in heaven. <laughs> Here are his members <laughs> who follow Jesus. And in that same ground where this is the biggest church in the whole world, come and see, it can be converted to a shrine. Temporal. Even so-called spiritual things, as long as it exists on this world, in this world, it's temporal. Why would you not want to talk more about something that is temporal over something that is permanent? Marriage is temporal. I want to marry, I want to marry. You go marry. But listen to me. In heaven, I hope you know that your marriage is not there. Some of you don't know. Hey, yeah. I love my wife, I love my husband. In heaven, you know that she will be my sister there. I'll call her sister Faith. We had a wonderful lifetime on the earth. Yeah. And in heaven, she will not be different to me. In terms of intimacy to Sitabulu. Are you getting it? It does not mean that on the earth I will not be focusing on Sitabulu and I will leave my wife. But in a large or to a large extent, some people can become overwhelmed with something that is temporal and they forget what is permanent. Second Corinthians 4 and verse 18. We look at the things that are invincible we do not look at the things that are temporal we do not look at the things that are earthly because they are temporal the word look at there is to focus and to be obsessed with and to be overwhelmed with it's not our priority there are many things that you are prioritizing right now over spirituality that is not correct it's not it's not supposed to Sap so much energy. It's not supposed to. I'm saying here that the spiritual world is 
more permanent than the physical world. Some of you go to a gym. My wife does exercises every morning. Trying to ensure that our physical body is in shape. That's a good thing. But come on, do you pray every morning because of the state of your spirit? You feed three times a day. Or some of you do seven times a day. Depending on your mood. Huh? Some people eat according to their mood. Some people eat when they are very angry. Or they eat better when they are angry. Food quenches or food is their pressure. And they are pressured. Once they eat like this, they will, they will come down. Some other people, it is only when they are happy that they eat. How many of you, when growing up, while growing up, tried to do shakara for your parents? You were angry. You now say you are not going to eat. How many of you tried that kind of experiment? A very dangerous event. <laughs> oh, tell Oh, carry. My mother will say, ah, thank God. <laughs> One extra plate for the hungry brother. Then if at night, when you sleep, that the thing will now start. By 2 a.m., you notice that you are rolling on the bed like this, and sleep cannot come. That's why you know that you need food to sleep. That even in your sleep, food is important. You will now get up to go and drink water. You will not be drinking water because you were angry, you skipped dinner. Point is that several of us, or many of us, focus on temporal things, temporal issues of life, food, clothes. Go and check out the fashion trends in 1960, compare it to 2022. Everything will fade away. When you are 65, when you are 70, you look at people dressing your generation and say, ah, hey, what will it lay you? All the latest fashion trends now, it will expire. It will fade away. Another one will come. Have you seen the kind of trousers your grandfather's wore in pictures? Have you seen how it was? It's like my wife's uh, own. Very wide and big. But now everything has been fit. I don't know what will happen 50 years from now. I don't know what they will be wearing. But everything will fade out. It will expire. This is the way they carry on top of your head. Like say, hey, hey, hey. It's temporal. The spiritual is more permanent. Are we still together? One last point here. Why do we pay attention to the spirituals? It's because particularly for us as believers, we are born of God and born of the Spirit. And God is a Spirit. In John chapter 4 verse 23 to 24, John 4, 23 24, you see Jesus make that statement. To the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. God is a spirit. God is spirit. And whoever will worship him, will worship him in spirit. Must worship him in spirit. And in truth, you are familiar with that scripture. Is that not so? And so Jesus already told his audience and the reader that to assess God, to relate with God, to be close to God, to be intimate with God, it is a spiritual reality. In John chapter 3, a man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus at night. Or he came to Jesus in hiding. He came because he wanted some answers to certain questions. And he did not want the Pharisees and the Sahindrins, who he was part of, 
to know that he went to Jesus because Jesus was not loved by the Pharisees. And he asked him some questions. And Jesus began to tell him about certain spiritual matters. He said, except a man be born again, it cannot enter the kingdom of God. And the man interpreted it physically. He said, how can a man be born again? Shall he go back to his mother's womb? Ah? Jesus says, you mean you are a teacher in Israel? And you don't want to understand this spiritual concept? Oh, there are many teachers in the body of Christ today who don't understand spiritual things. There are many pastors, many bishops, many reverends, many apostles who don't understand spiritual things. How can you be a teacher of the Jews and not understand these simple spiritual basics? Jesus went on. He said, whoever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whoever is born of the spirit is spirit. Except the man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. The man was confused. Are you telling me that I'm going to go back to my mother's womb? He did not understand that it was a spiritual conversation. Although he was a teacher in Israel. You cannot afford to be a child of God claim to be born again. Now, how do you claim to be born again? Which means that you are born of the Spirit and not be interested in spiritual conversations. And not show any interest in spirituals. And not have any idea how the spiritual world works. It doesn't add up. You are born of God means you are born of the Spirit. In fact, most word of faith theologians will say that you are a spirit. And sometimes that can be very um, conflicting when you add up several other scriptures. But there are two dominant expressions to describe the priority of the spirit. The, one, the first one is that you are a spirit or you firstly have a spirit. Before you have a body, you have a spirit. Are you listening to me? Before you have a soul, you have a spirit. Some teachers will say, man is spirit, has a soul, lives in a body. Some others will say, man is spirit, soul, body. The applications differ. And if I have time, in subsequent things, I would show you the specific implications of those theologies. But we see the priority on the spirit. Once you are born of God, you are born of the spirit. Born of the spirit. Say this, not me, I'm born of the spirit. Therefore, I have interest in spirituals. Born of the Spirit. If I'm born in Nigeria, I should have interest in Nigeria. Even if I don't like Nigeria, just because I'm born in Nigeria. And I spend Naira. You like Canada, you like Canada, you spend dollar. What is the Canadian currency? Huh? Canadian dollar. The Canadian dollar you spend? Somebody say yes. In faith. Go to the market woman and give her Canadian dollars now. She will think it is your scammer now. In fact, she will call police. She will not know it is higher currency than your Nera. You are in Nigeria. You are born in Nigeria. You take interest in Nigeria matters. Do you know the national anthem of Canada? You don't know. When you get there, you will know, Abby. Now that you are in Nigeria, even if you don't like Nigeria, arise, you compatriot. You will learn it. You will have to learn it. <laughs> because this is where you are. To be born of God, born of the Spirit, and not take any interest in spirituals, it doesn't add up. It's just a compulsory course <laughs> in the school of life. Once you are born of God, born of the Spirit, there is 
a conversation you should always have. Spiritual matters must be on your mind. Don't allow this world deceive you. You are not a citizen of the world. You are a stranger and a pilgrim in this world. You are passing through. Fundamentally, your identity is not found in here. Take interest in spiritual matters. Stop saying things like, I don't want to be too spiritual. Let's not be too spiritual. It does not make sense for a Christian to talk like that. You are born of the Spirit, for goodness sake. Imagine a dog saying, let's not be too doggy. Imagine a goat saying, let's not be too goaty. Imagine a chicken saying, let's not be too chickenish. How can a spiritual person be saying, let's not be too spiritual? How does it make sense? Are we still together? The spiritual man. Okay, let me go to the bulk of my teaching tonight. Which is in defining and explaining authentic spirituality. However, I want to do something to explain this concept. I'm going to start from the opposite. That is, to understand authentic spirituality, let us establish what spirituality is not. To understand God, sometimes you may need to ask yourself who God is not. To understand the Bible, you may need to ask yourself what the Bible is not. To understand marriage, you may need to ask yourself what marriage is not. To understand spirituality, you need to ask yourself what spirituality is not. There are many things that have been branded as spirituality that is not spirituality. In fact, it's insanity. Oh yeah. And we'll, see, we'll show you. It's not spirituality. The reason, one of the reasons why spirituality is not attractive in modern society is because of the label that many people have attached to certain things, the branding that many people have branded on certain matters that is actually not spiritual matter. How do you say that you are a spiritual husband because when you wake up in the morning, you don't greet your wife? And that in your prayer time, when you are very, very focused in prayer, if your wife... For any reason, even an emergency, distract you. Hey! You will come down from the third heaven to slap her and say, Why are you interrupting my conversation with God? How many people call that spirituality? Oh, yeah. He's a very spiritual man. I have times of solitude where I tell my wife I don't want any disturbance. But my wife knows that if there is an emergency and I need to fix it, and I should be the only one that can fix it. In fact, not just my wife. While I was in school, while I'm praying, my neighbors know. If they hear my voice praying, they know. That they say, Pastor, they call me Pastor then, just like they call many spiritual people Pastor. No, that was not Pastor. Pastor, I don't come to Jonathan. They know I will stop the prayer and say, What can I do for you? How can I help you? If I am supposed to. If I descend, the person is deliberately distracting me. Deliberately, of course, I won't attack the person. But the person is genuinely hungry, needs attention. Ah! <laughs> but people say, no! No! To say that you are spiritual and, for instance, treat human beings terribly is a lie. That's not spirituality. We know the story of the um, Good Samaritan. Somebody was on his way to church. 
to offer sacrifices to God. He saw somebody that had been beaten, bleeding to death. He walked past. He said, I'm late for service. And you think that's spirituality? Many people do that, that's not spirituality. That's not spirituality. That's wickedness. Wickedness. Are we still together? So many people are not attracted to the concept of spirituality because there are, there are, there are many mad people claiming to be spiritual people. These ones are insane. Yet, they say it is spirituality. So we are trying to check what spirituality is not. What spirituality is not. The first thing I want to say here is that a spiritual man is not somebody who is so obsessed with heaven and becomes irrelevant on the earth. So obsessed with heaven that he becomes irrelevant on the earth. Heaven is my goal. I just want to make it on the last day. Is that why common to get a job in this world? You refuse. You stay in a cave eating grass from muddy waters. When we taught you church history, we discovered that some people like that. Monks. Stay in a cave. I'm not going to marry. Because marriage is not permanent. I'm not going to have children. I'm going to hide in a cave until the day of my master. And that's not spirituality. That's not spirituality. <laughs> no. No. The suggestion that for you to be spiritual, you have to be irrelevant in the earth, you have to be inactive on the earth, is not accurate definitions of spirituality. Waiting for the rapture to come. One man one day prophesied that the rapture was going to come in a particular year. Or was going to happen in a particular year. So he gathered all his church members and told them they should quit their jobs, come and see people. People became ritual. Ask me how. Ask me how. Because imagine I have a mansion in Lekki. The mansion is supposed to go for 580 million naira. Jale. Everybody say Jale. Last, last. My pastor told me that rapture is going to happen next week. If you sell the mansion, even the bank account that you are putting the money, rapture will take everything away. So I dashed the mansion out. People became rich. And these guys gathered on the mountain and were fasting and praying until Jesus came. Truly Jesus came. Ask me how. They died. Never died. When you die, you will see Jesus now. <laughs> the man actually told them to kill themselves. Right, yeah? There is no point. Once they just die and go and meet him. Insanity branded as spirituality. Oti Yahweh. Yahweh. There are many mad people who think that all they should do is wait for Jesus to come. Heaven is our goal. I'm not going to keep a home. I'm not going to keep myself. I'm not going to get a job. I'm just going to wait for the master to come. Is that how Apostle Paul did it? Is that how Peter did it? Eventually those guys died. But before they died, were they not busy? Were they not also laboring towards eternal rewards and eternal rest? 
Somebody now becomes idle and says he's just waiting for his master to come. It's not spiritual. It's lazy. It's insane. It needs therapy. Are you listening to me? Spirituality does not mean a man who is so obsessed with heaven that he has no relevance on the earth. There were men on the earth who were very relevant and also very spiritual. Daniel was a man on the earth. He was relevant with four kingdoms. A man of heaven. Oh, Daniel was a man of heaven. So much so that an archangel was dispatched to answer his prayer. A man of heaven. Yet he was reckoned with on the earth. Joseph was a man of heaven. He would not sleep with Potiphar's wife because that was not the culture of heaven. Yet he was relevant in Egypt and in the entire world. He delivered the world from starvation by his wisdom. Yet he was on the earth. When Jesus was on the earth as the Son of God, as God in flesh, he was relevant on the earth. Healing all that we are oppressed by the devil. God was with him. He was a man of heaven. Yet he was relevant on the earth. To think that spirituality means I'm just living for heaven. I'm not going to be relevant on the earth. It's a very bad and wrong definition of spirituality. You need to correct that. Are we still together? Because the kingdom of God can exist in heaven and on the earth. Your spirituality should not be limited to heaven. Because by the time we begin to explain what spirituality is, you will just see this is giving expression to God's kingdom. You can give expression to God's kingdom on the earth. So why are you waiting for heaven? Why does rapture have to sound before you become a spiritual person? I said, what? Or before you become relevant? Where you are on the earth, in this present world, you can be relevant. You can do business until Jesus comes. You can get a job until Jesus comes. You can grow a family. And by growing a family, extend and expand the kingdom of God until Jesus comes. So now sit down there and say, I'm waiting for my master to return. It's not the attitude of a spiritual man. So a spiritual man is not somebody who is heavenly obsessed, yet earthly irrelevant. This concept of earthly relevance also transcends to much mediocrity amongst several so-called spiritual people. Because you are a spiritual man, is that why you cannot learn to dress well and smell nice? I'm a spiritual man. I don't focus on what is temporal. True. We know that clothes are temporal. True. But is that why you are looking like somebody who should be taken to a psychiatric ward? Because you are a spiritual man. How do you think Jesus looked... In the world when he was on the earth. Do you think he was repulsive or attractive? <laughs> How do you think Daniel looked? Esther. These were heavenly citizens who lived on the earth. Were they dressed as though it didn't matter? Were they dressed like riffraffs? Just because they were spiritual men? Much mediocrity has been tagged as spirituality. It's not true. That's why some Christians cannot get a job. They ask you a question on a job interview, you are speaking in tongues. But goodness, what is that nonsense? Answer the question! Have you seen those Christians doing audition at Nigerian Idols? Disgraceful. We are with our and band. We are with our and band. Are you seeing? I am coming to Zion. What? It's a bad representative. 
What is this one doing here? Hey there. Now they say, I'm a spiritual person. Then why do you come here? Why did you come? This is idols. Why did you come here? Are you listening to me? What mediocrity has been tagged as spirituality? People failing back to back in academics and blame church activities. That's why here, if you have followed me closely, I'll tell you, no, 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 face your book, face your studies. We've had to crash rehearsal times for things like this. People who spend their entire Saturdays in church have no time to read. When they fail, they say it's the lost work. It's not the lost work. No, no, no! Stop it! Much mediocrity branded as spirituality. Because we are too heavily conscious. Is that how to be heavily conscious? No, that's not how it is. That's not how it works. Your spirituality does not reduce if you dress well. No. It doesn't add to carnality. We have established the concept that suggests and affirms that spiritual matters are more permanent, but to make it appear as though everything that is temporal does not count, does not matter, is not important. Uh-uh. Marriage, for instance, is not permanent. Does it mean I should maltreat my wife? Does it mean I should treat her any other and say, don't worry, in heaven, where we are going, she's just my sister. That's not how to apply that definition of spirituality. Are we still together? Okay. So the spiritual man is not necessarily the man who is irrelevant on the earth. The second point here. The spiritual man is not always a mystical, spooky, unreasonable and illogical man. Mystical, spooky, unreasonable, illogical. Many Christians are like this. They ask them, how are you? They say, Ranshtekofranda. How are you? How are you? They ask him, why is this talking about I'm in the spirit? You are insane. That's not being in the spirit. That's a bad representation to, to Jesus. How many times did Jesus ask the question and he replied with unknown tongues? Master, master, what good things shall I do to you in, in every eternal life? Risto Maranda Steke. Where do you see Jesus do that? We don't believe that spirituality means that you are very mystical, very strange and weird. Say, hey, we don't know the world we are going to see today. That spiritual brother is coming. Hey, <laughs> that's not spirituality. Come on, spooky. Always ascending into the third heaven and the second heaven. Always. It does not get anybody. You see me doing this, brother. Come down, come down. Where are you? Don't greet anybody in church. Don't talk to people. Always talking only to angels. Uh-uh. And when Jesus didn't die for angels, he died for human beings. Somebody between you cannot answer. Your mouth is moving. Uh-uh. What is the matter? Please. Are you listening to me? That's not spirituality, please. <laughs> all, those, all those kinds of packaging does not speak well of the Christian faith. It does not. Some people believe that if they are not mystical, they are not spiritual. 
even in their conversation. I listen to some sermons and my headache is catching me. Just to explain salvation, how can I be saved? The realms of the immortal needs an ascending to radiate and crystallize. Are you a scientist or a Christian? What are you exactly? Can you just talk? And we do these things even amongst unbelievers. We confuse them. We bamboozle them and say, Hey, Papa, yeah, oh, spiritual gone. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Did you see the plainness of speech that Paul spoke with and wrote with? Do you see how Jesus spoke in such a way that even children could understand him? You are talking high sounding nonsense. Say spirituality. Nonsense. Dragons. The phrases are more scientific than they are spiritual. <laughs> what is all this? It's not spirituality. <laughs> all those packaging could necessarily buy. She ain't going by. We, pick, we speak in plainness of speech. The foolishness of preaching. As simple as it sounds. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. As simple as it sounds. We don't need all those all down. Those things become a distraction to the real message. Are you getting me tonight? To be mystical does not mean to be spiritual. To be illogical. Bro, explain why you married your wife. Hey, Ramanose. I looked upon her and there were some things that I could not even understand. So I married her. Bro? A lady asks you, why do you want to marry me? He said, just forget that one. I will not forget you. You will give answers. Some of you can't even explain simple Bible concepts without complicating matters. The Bible tells us to always have an answer to those who ask us about our faith. I like Christian apologetics because it provides answers for tough questions. Why did God create hellfire? Don't say, just, just, just accept it like that. Explain. Stop. Explain. Why? Why did Jesus have to die to save us? Why did he have to die? Explain. Learn to be logical. To think that spirituality means to be logical is to wrongly define the subject. You can be logical. You can be reasonable. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is... Listen to me. I agree emphatically that there are certain dimensions of Christianity that, like we soon see, the natural man cannot understand. They are quite strange. But to not make it look as though anything that is mystical is spiritual, anything that is illogical is spiritual, anything that cannot be explained is spiritual, is not to understand what spirituality is. Spirituality is not illogicality, if there's a word like that, or to be unreasonable, to be spooky. Common sense and spirituality can work together. Are you listening to me? It's not everything that must be mystic. (laughs) I, I look at some writings and I wonder, what is this? It's like mene mene tekel oppression. What is this? By the time you now take the summary of what is being said, you cannot just say it like this that we will understand. Why did you, you imagine somebody wants to go to what the next town? Ilori. He now takes a flight to Lagos. From Lagos, he takes another flight to Adamama Yula. 
He now goes on train from Yula to Bauchi. From Bauchi, now goes on the road from Bauchi to Niger State. Then from Niger State, now takes water, boat, to a, 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 a water body in Kwara. Then he now branches and walks to Elori. What kind of a waste of time is that? Elori here. <laughs> now you, in fact, you can walk it in two days, my friend. Okay, is too much. <laughs> That's how some talk. You look at the book, you look at the writings. Ah, all of these things. What is it? What are you trying to say now? All you are trying to say is that God loves me. Unnecessary lying. Are we still together? It's not everything about God that cannot be explained. Some people think that if something is spiritual in the sense of godliness, it must not be able to be explained. They say, if you can explain it, it's not a miracle. Mm, there are some miracles that can be explained. Are you listening to me? Paul says we use spiritual words to explain spiritual truths. It just happened. One of the reasons I'm still trying to, I will never believe in the let me say the radical doctrine of miracle money is that I need a, a, an accurate explanation of how does it happen. One man said sometimes angels used to go and take money from bank accounts of people that have died. Angels do only. If there's nothing God cannot do, I know. What God cannot do does not. But there are some things we can most explain and say, bye, 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 They asked the one born blind, how were you made whole? He said, the man that touched me said I should go and wash in a particular river. The people didn't understand, but at least the man gave an explanation. He didn't say, me, sir, could you hear me? He said, the man spit in my eyes, rubbed clay, and told me to go and wash in a, in a river. By the time we analyze it spiritually, we now understand it was a creative work. The nurse said, we can't explain it. Just babe. Just, I will not babe. Explain. Bro, you met this sister yesterday. And today, you say that uh, she's your wife. Explain. He said, no. It's the Lord's doing. It's mother's mind. You will explain. You broke up with your girlfriend two weeks ago. And next week, we have seen wedding invitation from another, for another woman. Explain. Hey, no, there is supernatural speed. You know they walk like, you must explain. Ah! <laughs> you must explain. Ah! People just think that one something is not logical, it is godly, it is spiritual. No! Are we still together? <laughs> what spirituality is not? Please know it. <laughs> Number three here. The spiritual man is not an enemy of the flesh. And by flesh, I mean your body. It's not an enemy of physicality, nature, or humanity. And I will explain. Many people assume that to be spiritual means that you hate the flesh. What it means is that any pleasure of the flesh must be abstained from. You must fast every day. You must not eat anything that is sweet. In First Timothy chapter 4, Paul explained that in the last days, some people will 
depart from the faith, giving heed to sedition spirits and doctrine of devils. And in explaining the doctrine of devils, he says that they will forbid to marry and to eat certain food that God has created for our pleasure. Some people believe that to be spiritual means that anything that gives your body pleasure, recreation, fun, is evil. Some people assume the flesh is just evil in all its senses, or in, all, in every sense. And so you must always suffer the flesh. They feel that if you are not in pain, you are not spiritual. If you are not suffering, you are not spiritual. If you are not grumbling, if you are not in agony, you are not spiritual. If you are happy and smiling, you must be carnal. You cannot play, you cannot rest. I see some people talk about how well they pray and they don't sleep. And I say, but even Jesus slept. What man? What about the night? Say, how are you soon in that one? <laughs> we pray when we should pray. But to, to make it look like if you are not praying, always at night, you are not spiritual. And those that pray at night are more spiritual than those that pray in the day. I just say, what is all this nonsense for goodness sake? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Jesus prayed all night, yes. There were days he also prayed at days. To make it look like, ah! We will sleep. Even if it's two hours. We are very carnal. On soon. On soon. But God created sleep now. God designed the body for rest. Jesus came on the earth. He also slept. There were times he slept. Abinobiso. Some people believe that spirituality and the flesh is not compatible. Listen to me. God, the father of spirit, who is spirit, he came in the flesh. As Jesus Christ. For God to come as Jesus in the flesh, born of a woman in the flesh. Come on. Come on. Why do we make it look like anything that is of the flesh is not spiritual or is against spirituality? Now, listen, there are two Greek words that describe fleshy. In 2 Corinthians 3 3, you see the phrase. Tables of flesh. In First Corinthians two and verse rather three and verse one, you also see the phrase carnality or carnal. There are two distinct Greek words to describe this. The first is sakinos, the second is sakikos. Now sakinos is what you see in First Corinthians two one, and it's Flesh in the negative sense, it talks about being controlled by the flesh. Not having the flesh, being controlled by the flesh. What you now have in Second Corinthians 3 3 speaks about possessing the flesh or fleshy attributes. Now, let me explain. Every human being that will exist on the earth must have a body which is called the flesh. Are we still together? Some people assume that to be spiritual, you have to give great disregard to your body. So don't bath. Or in proper English, don't have your bait. Because it's flesh. Leave it alone. Don't spray perfume. It's flesh. Leave it alone. But that's not the idea of spirituality. In fact, a proof that you are spiritual is that you take care of your body. 
Are you listening to me? Any man who does not take care of his body, what he's doing is that he's destroying the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's a very carnal man. To allow every kind of disease lodge in your body because you are not keeping it well. It's not spirituality. In fact, if it's anything, it's carnality. So the point here is this. The possession of flesh is not the same as to be controlled by the flesh. Jesus was in the flesh in the sense that he had body, just like me and you. But he was not controlled by it. He says, doctrines of devils seducing spirits, they will teach people that we should not eat certain food. We should not marry. Now listen to me, listen to me. Do you know that if I starve my wife of sex, I'm a carnal man? If I say because I'm a pastor, me I know they touch my wife, well, now pastor I be. This mouth is a holy mouth, I cannot use it to kiss her. It's a holy mouth. Do you know I'm a carnal wicked man? Do you know what the Bible calls me? In 1 Corinthians 7, the Bible calls me a defrauder. He says, defraud not yourself. A defrauder. There are many pastors who are suffering. The last time their husband touched them was last year. Which month are we? March. And when they asked the man, the man would say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a spiritual man. My hands are anointed. Ah. That's why you should be defrauding your wife. Of a minor right. That's not spirituality. To suggest that every pleasure, even legitimate pleasure of the flesh, eating, marital sex, makes you canal, is, not, is to misunderstand the idea of spirituality. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that giving food to somebody can be a spiritual act. Yes or no? I many of you remember that Jesus fed 5,000? At that point, was he canal? Talk to me. Was he canal? Was he spiritual? Can you describe the feeding of 5,000 as spiritual? Not because it was miracle. The feeding itself. Can you describe that as spiritual? To make it look as though anything that gives pleasure to the human body is carnal is to misunderstand the idea of spirituality. God is not against human happiness. God is not for human suffering. Never. Things like recreation, food, natural pleasures, as long as they are not sinful, we should not be quick to term it carnal in a negative sense. No. Even spiritual truths can be learned from nature. In explaining the responsibility of the Heavenly Father, Jesus told his apostles to consider the lilies. Look at the flowers. They don't walk. They don't toil. Yet your Heavenly Father clothes them. Many spiritual truths can be understood when we consider nature. Are we still together? You know, if I'm going to have a spiritual conversation on homosexuality, I just need to examine the human anatomy. The human anatomy is a simple, clear indication that homosexuality is a Yahweh adventure. 
Like the way the human body was made already proves that it's supposed to be male and female created in them. Why you now want to be male and male? Shows that uh, confusion is certain. So, even by observing human nature, we can learn certain spiritual truths. Are we still together? Okay. To be spiritual does not mean you are a Pharisee. A Pharisee in the attempt to please God must ensure that man suffers. Even if it's our last cobble, we must collect a tithe. She's a poor widow. She has nothing else. You must collect the tithes. So when Jesus came, he was like, no There are wealthier matters. Why are you all fixated on this other matter of tithes and offering? You don't even care whether this woman we eat. You only that she must collect. You must collect the tithe. The Pharisee would stone a woman to death just to keep the law of Moses. Yet, would remove his own donkey from the well on the Sabbath day. They did not like human beings. They felt like to love God, you must hate humans. No. It doesn't make you spiritual. That's not spirituality. Are we still together? Let's go on here. Point number four. The spiritual man is not superstitious. And does not blame everything on spiritual forces. You are walking on the road. You kick your leg on stone. Hey, your village people are coming. You watch too many African magic Yoruba. Every dream you have, you attach it to spiritual significance. Are you listening to me? Some people stop coming to church because Satan discovered that any time, any time they have a dream that suggests any sexual act in the dream, they will feel so bad, so dirty, they will stop coming to church. So Satan will show them only on Saturday. So they will come and say, hey, that woman has come again. She came to have sex with me at night. I have spirit of Jezebel. Now, let me share a Interest, an interesting story that a man of God, Reverend Austin, was writing about. You see, many of these deliverance cases that we do in Africa is a joke. Everybody say joke. I don't bother watching comedy. You know what I watch? I watch gospel TV. Where all those ridiculous so-called prophets are doing their displays. So Reverend Austin was saying that a particular girl was possessed. And all the people called it the spirit of stubbornness. Everybody says spirit of stubbornness. Are we still together? So, they now brought her for deliverance. And everybody that attempted to lay hands on her to pray, she slapped the person. The mother said, hey, this spirit is very strong. So, the mother said, hey, this kind of spirit, they are the like he went to the guy and said, Babe, confess. You see, other people, when they slap, they are very spiritual. But me, I'm not spiritual. If you lift your finger against me, I will beat you silly. The guy sat down quietly. The spirit did not work again. Now, let me ask you, was it any spirit of stubbornness? No. It was not a spirit of stubbornness. The guy just discovered that everybody is a fool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
She will eat of disobedience. Anytime I send her here, she will go there. Have you tried the rod? What are you talking about? She will eat of disobedience. What are you talking about? Spirit of masturbation. Spirit of masturbation you are calling. It only works when you have data. What kind of a stupid spirit is that? It's not a spirit of masturbation. Now you, now you, you are lazy. You lost pleasure over God. You are, calling, you are blaming spirit of masturbation. The spirit of failure. You slept throughout the exam. Failed and called the spirit of failure. What spirit of failure? You think that by tagging everything spirit, you think you are spiritual. You dated a man. You were very insecure. Every day you collect his phone and be checking. Who is this person? Why did he call you? The man now left you alone. Another man came. He did the same thing. Another man came. He did the same thing. The man said, a spirit of anti-marriage is doing. There's no spirit. You're the one who has not learned how to behave. Are you listening to me? Imagine the apostles. Out of twelve, eleven of them died as martyrs. Imagine when they began to pray. Every spirit of death. Which spirit of death? There was no spirit of death. They died honorably as messiahs. Everything will cause spirits. Everything will cause spirits. Are we still together? Spiritual people don't are not superstitious people. Every dream. Come on, I've taught you this before, but let me say it emphatically because some of you were not there. The fact that you have a sexual dream does not have you have a demon of sex. It's a lie. If Satan knows that any, you define yourself according to your dreams, he will keep harassing you like that. You stay with the word. And who the word says I am. Not my dreams. It has happened again. What has happened again? It's just superstitious. You dream that you ate Amala in the dream. Amala. You ate Amala. Go and order Amala and eat in real life. Oh yeah. It's not everything you want. Now, I'm not saying that some of those things do not have spiritual significance. But to make it look like every time your car begins to start, my village people don't they attack me. Pastor, come and pray. Everything, every time. To be superstitious is not to be spiritual. Are we still together? We've really spent time on this. Let me stop at this point. The spiritual man is not constantly, excessively churchy in location, looks, verbal expressions, body language, demeanor, and socialization. The spiritual man is not constantly, excessively churchy in location. Some people only go to church. They don't attend wedding ceremonies, church. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. They go to work late. But one hour before the service, they are in church. And they go two hours later. But they go to work late. They only enjoy church. Even if they go to their pastor's house, they are not comfortable. If it's not church, if there's no keyboard and microphone and pulpit, they are not happy. To be churchy is not to be spiritual. Some people, when they get to their place of work, the way they behave is too churchy. They have to sack them. Because, yeah, because they meet their boss at work. And the boss says, Hey, Kelvin, how are you doing? And I say, When does that? 
no, no. What is this? See, that's how I give my pastor. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is a corporation. We don't do that here. In fact, Pastor Nee was telling me that at his workplace, you don't add any prefix to your work, to your colleague. Brother Nee, they don't do that here. Even if you are 200 years younger than him, Nee, have you done the job? Yes. Some of you say, ah, you see, you see and, you want to, and, you, and you want a job at Lekki, you see, you already say, ah. You think, I don't know how many of you saw that Twitter thread of Nigerians who went abroad and were sharing their testimony. One lady went to a lecturer and was bowing down to get <laughs> the lecturer. <laughs> what is this? Are you a slave? Get up! We don't do that here. We don't do that here. Yeah, you cannot just. Somebody wants to shake you. You are doing like this. Ah, what is this? See, in our church, we don't we don't shake ladies. That's not spirituality. Of course, we know that in Rama Chapel, that can cannot apply. If you are in Rama, you can't be like that. If you are in Rama, you can't be like that. But there are many people who you just see the way they behave, and they, they, because they they are trying to be spiritual, they are so awkward. They ask them a simple question. They say, bless you. What is bless you? What is the Lord bless you? They want to do a presentation. They say, praise the Lord. Come on! At work! Presentation. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we must repent. Oh. You are used to church cliches. I celebrate you. Praise God. Your project defense. I say, praise God. You want the Muslim... It's for us to say hallelujah or what? <laughs> That's it. I, I try to train some of you. Open here when we take questions. We say, don't say praise God. Just ask your question. Do you have a question? Yes, just start and say, praise the Lord. Stop it. Just ask the question. Which one is praise the Lord? Being churchy is not being spiritual. Are you listening to me? Your demonon, your body language. You are always in the mood of worship. Even at work, it's cool. When you should be there and you'll be active, you are in the mood of worship. We cannot continue like this. This, this is why many people don't want to be associated with spirituality. Because, see that spiritual bro. To dress well, difficult. Just because you are you are claiming to be spiritual, but that's not what spirituality is. Now, what exactly is spirituality? Let me just say that in closing. I didn't have time to say much, but we have five weeks. So, be spiritual actually is to live godly as a woman being to live godly, and Jesus is the clearest description of spirituality to live godly. I'm telling you that if my wife needs a kiss in the morning and I kiss her and I kiss her everybody say kiss her that's a godly act that's a spiritual act you are thinking uh uh-uh. kiss godly crime <laughs> you don't get it if Perez needs my attention 
while I'm studying the scriptures and he needs me to explain something to him in three minutes and I take a break from my study and I say, Perez, this is how it works. I am being godly, I am being spiritual, both in my Bible reading and in my fatherly duties. To make it look like, oh, it's only when you relate to God that you are spiritual. No, it's when you behave in a godly manner. That's when you are spiritual. Are we getting it? To be spiritual is to be controlled by the Holy Ghost. To be ruled by the Holy Ghost. Do you know that the Holy Ghost can teach me how to kiss my wife well? Are you listening to me? Some of you don't depend on the Holy Ghost. That's why you want to test before marriage. Ah! He will teach you all things. Kissing your wife inclusive. You want to say, ah, how will I know what to do? You will know. The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. You shall receive power. <laughs> After the Holy Ghost comes. You know how to know everything in the flesh. The Holy Ghost can teach you how to cook. Not only no dues, you shall be cook. No dues, an egg. You can get some education from the Holy Ghost. The spirit of truth and reality. To be controlled, to be ruled, to be governed by the spirit. It's what it means to be spiritual. It means that everything you do in your human existence is pleasing to God and acceptable by the Holy Ghost. Everything you do in your human existence is pleasing to God and acceptable by the Holy Ghost. Mediocrity is not pleasing to God. Mediocrity at work. Coming late to work. Dressing shabby to work. Being a failure at school is not pleasing to God. Stop it. Stop calling me spirituality. No. It does not make the gospel of Jesus attractive. Stop pleasing to God. Stop pleasing to God. There are many physical things we do that can be spiritual. There is a way I can eat that will be spiritual. Are you listening to me? You can, if you go to a wedding and you are fighting for food, you are carnal. If you go to a wedding, collect food and you are eating like an elephant, you are carnal. If you go to a wedding, collect food, See somebody who didn't collect food, but you have already, you feel that you are not, you, are, you, are, you, are, you have eaten already, or you, are, you don't need the food, and you give the person. That can be a spiritual act. Oh yeah. Everything you do, even with your body, can be a spiritual act. Pleasing to God, acceptable to God. Do we get it? If the Holy Ghost wants you, stop drinking carbonated drink. It is endangering your health. It is endangering your health. You are committing spiritual sins when you continue. Ah, it's just coke I'm drinking. Sorry I mentioned coke. Before they come and write against me and ban me from preaching. For spoiling their market. But even eating and drinking can be done in a way that is acceptable to God. Stand to your feet. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a few seconds here. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Remano shekete sikada paradas. Lingrusteke te copata yalabadash. Lingrusteke te 
the spiritual man. We have understanding of these things. We have received the Spirit of God that we might know, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know. Lembrosteke Christanda Rabadadas Sheketeko Baladas. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word. We will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback. You can send us a mail at judamaye at yahoo.com. That is J-U-D-A-H-M-A-Y-E at yahoo.com. Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.